Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh present Inside the Nest. A weekly look inside Kennesaw State football. Cooper takes the snap and drops the throw. Here comes the pressure. Airs it far side. It is batted away and picked off in the end zone. The Owls have won it in overtime. Bust out the plank. It was Bryson Armstrong and the Owls in the wildest game in their history. Hold off the Jacksonville State Gamecocks 60-52. to And now let's go inside the nest. Inside the Nest, presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen with Nathan McCreary at a sunny, at the moment, Fifth Third Bank Stadium as we prepare for, hard to believe, the last regular season game of 2019. It's the Owls and Gardner-Webb coming your way Saturday. That is a 2 o'clock kickoff here in the Atlanta area with a 1.30 pregame show for us on radio, AM 1230, FM 106.3, the TuneIn app, and, of course, at WFOM.radio.net. Nathan, we look back first at a convincing win over Hampton, 50-7. to And I think more importantly than the margin, more importantly than the notch in the victory column, which is very important, the way the Owls have played. And I'm talking about really going back to the second half of the Campbell game. Wherever they had lost their swagger a little bit, rough time of the year to do it, the Monmouth game, and then the first half of the Campbell game, they really found it, and I think they brought a ton of it out of the locker room last week, and obviously the results showed against a very talented Hampton team. Yeah, you had almost nearly 500 yards of total offense. You held them to 126 yards total, 65 on the uh, in the air, and uh, just, what is it, 61 on the ground. So the defense was there. Plank made his appearance several times, and you had six different people score touchdowns, the 21 point lead to out of the first quarter and you know it was back to Kennesaw State football here we sit now the Owls are nine and two everybody knows the conference at least in terms of the automatic qualifier has gotten away you know there is still a chance if Monmouth were to lose to Hampton on Saturday and the Owls were to win this game coming up that they could finish as a Big South co-champion that's little solace for that group in that locker room that had higher loftier goals clinching the automatic qualifier and all of that stuff. But it would send the seniors out with a ring. Yeah, and I don't know that they're they're even thinking about of that right not. now. We are because we want to we want to see the accolades come to this team and it's always fun to be a three time champion, which yeah. has never happened in the Big South. But you gotta tip your cap to Monmouth came here on the road and picked up a big win against Kennesaw State and they've done what they had to do getting the automatic qualifier. Now Kennesaw State's, again, scoreboard watching and seeing who goes where. And you had a big transition when the Southern Conference, as Wofford defeats Furman, that pushed Kennesaw State back in the top ten. You also had Weber State losing. So there's some things that are happening, and the things will continue to happen this weekend as the final regular season games are played and the selection show is Sunday. And we will be watching, just like all the Kennesaw State Owl fans, with bated breath to find out what the future holds if a playoff position is available and afforded to Kennesaw State, where they will go. Will it be a hosted game or will you be on the road? It's a fun time, although you want that automatic qualifier, maybe a bye. It is a fun time to get an opportunity to, to make the playoffs. I think the thing when I look back at this Hampton game that I like the most is the way the defense played. They were aggressive. They created turnovers, a ton of them. I think they got five turnovers in the game. 
you mentioned Plank was out, and Plank was out early and often in that ball game. On top of that, the open field tackling was better, which is a key component. It wasn't at times. There were a few plays where it kind of showed itself. But I think on the whole for the ball game, and certainly as it progressed, it got better. And this is not a Hampton team that's devoid of talent. They had 11 FBS yeah. transfers on that roster, including DeAndre Francois, Jadakis Bonds. They had a really talented bunch of skill position yeah. players, and your defense really came out and asserted itself. Shy McKenzie, that first drive, showed why he He's a Division One talent. Yes. I mean, he was really good. I think that our open field tackling one-on-one is better. I think it needs to improve more. I don't you're disagree. You're going to see uh, some big, talented athletes and running backs and, and even mobile quarterbacks. What I thought Kennesaw State did was they used their blitzes effectively. They contained the edge. They knocked down some passes from Francois, who, of course, transferred from Florida State. He's got a tremendous amount of talent, and he was stifled by this Owls defense. And, and now it's a credit to Blake Harrell and some of the adjustments he's had to make. And I think in the bigger picture, the fact that they have kind of flipped this switch, you know, back when the Monmouth game happened, you think, okay, now how do they respond? Mm -hmm. In the big picture now, you look at the fact that they did get this switch flipped and got back to playing the way we're accustomed to seeing them play. Very encouraging. And I think depending on how the committee stuff comes about, it makes them a little bit of a scary team if they do get into the postseason also. Well, I don't think any team that is considering an opportunity to play in the playoffs wants to see Kennesaw State, number one, because they just put up 50 points against Hampton in the conference game. Number two, they run the spread option offense, which most defenses haven't schemed for or haven't prepared yeah, they don't for. See it. They just don't see it enough unless you're in the Southern Conference, which I think it's a very real possibility. You may see a Furman first round and potentially a Wofford second round because of the automatic qualifier. Of course, Wofford does not get a bye, I don't believe. We'll see how that plays out. But there's lots of opportunities to come. I think Kennesaw State's responded well to not only a loss to Monmouth, but losing your starting quarterback. Tommy Bryant was very impressive, and the team rallied around him, and I thought it was pretty interesting because once the offense got back to what it's used to doing, the defense followed, yeah. or vice versa. I'm not really sure what happened, but both teams played at a high level, and even the special teams play was pretty good. You alluded to Tommy Bryant, and obviously, you know, we hope Daniel David is ready to go and back soon. He will not play this week, by the way. Coach Bohannon made that point this morning, and we'll hear from Coach here in a couple of seconds. But Tommy Bryant has kind of, I think, settled into that role to where exciting times not only lie ahead this season, but exciting times lie ahead next season because Tommy Bryant is directing this offense like a maestro right now. Yeah, and because this team is so young and you lost so many last year, you're going to have a lot returning for the following year next year. So 2021 is going to be a, another year. Kennesaw State is going to be a scary team because they're returning so many players with so much yeah. experience. Here are Coach Bohannon's thoughts. A little bit on the Hampton game, but also a quick look ahead at Gardner-Webb. Proud of our guys last week. You know, we really talked about the energy and enthusiasm, and, and a lot of times that feeds off your mental energy, getting yourself ready to go, and I thought we did a really good job of that. Something we need to really build on going into this week and continue to do that and having a great week of practice as we go into the final regular season game. You're playing a, a really good football team that's had some bad breaks along the way when you look at it. They got beat by Campbell and got a punt block with time expires and scoop and score to go into overtime and lose a game. We're up 20 to nothing last week on North Alabama and the momentum changes just like it does in this game. So they're clearly a lot better than the record. You know, offensively, you got a, a transfer quarterback who can really throw it. Number 84 is their target. Uh, he's a really good player. 
13's really dynamic. He's a Georgia kid. When he gets a ball in his hands and they're, and they're running back, we're going to have to wrap up and do a good job of tackling. I think their front seven on defense is their strength. Obviously, 93, the kids have been there for them. And number one, those are all conference guys that have really been good players. And so we're, we got to get ready to go play our best game of the season. And I think that's really what we've talked about and control what we can control, which is ourself and our attitude and the way we go about our business and get ready to go play. And I think that's really the critical piece of it. I think we had a decent day yesterday. Hopefully we can have a little better day today and build up going into the weekend to finish this thing off the right way. Obviously, it's senior day. We'll have a chance to recognize those guys before the game. But the best way to have a great senior day is to go have a great game and celebrate with your teammates. That's the best way to enjoy senior day. Coach talking about Gardner-Webb, and we will get into Gardner-Webb a little bit more in the final segment of this program. Right here, we'll take a timeout on Inside the Nest, and it's presented to you by HelloFresh. Coming up next, our Owl Spotlight segments. Nathan will have one. Brandon Joseph will have one. We'll bring you those right after this timeout. You're listening to Kennesaw State University Football. If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owltown, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owltown provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owltown will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Bryant going to throw it far side of the field. Got O'Neal wide open down the far sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Caleb O'Neal. No flag on the field. Tommy Bryant was belted at the end of the play. And the Owls go 67 for the score. Inside the Nest is presented by HelloFresh. Time now for our Owls Spotlight segments. Brandon Joseph here with Liam Klein, Coach Klein. Talk about, one, how the season is going to this point. One game left to go against Gardner-Webb. You know, we all know that you don't control your own destiny now, but you can only control what you can control. Well, I'll say this season really has been a season of growth. Uh, we were really young when we started the season, and I know on defense we've had a new system, a couple new starters in place. Uh, but it's been really fun to watch these guys grow each week. It's been exciting. They play harder and harder each week, um, and I think they're excited to get back out on the field Saturday. Talking to a lot of the defensive players during the 
the year. They talked about, yeah, there is a learning curve, but it wasn't as they expected. They weren't. I think they thought it was going to be steeper going in, but they really seemed to mesh and gel in the Coach Harrell system. Talk about you as a coach having to go into a new system also. Well, yeah, it definitely is a new system for me. Uh, the terminology is different. Uh, the fronts are generally the same, but we're calling them something different than I'm used to and even how we line the stuff. So uh, for me, there's definitely been a learning curve. Uh, luckily, it's uh, Coach Harrell and his system's uh, pretty easy to learn. Uh, we've hired some good assistant coaches. We all have kind of rallied around each other in the spring when we had to learn it pretty quick before practice started. And then throughout the summer and the fall camp and now the season, I think everyone's really starting to gel with, with Coach uh, Harrell's vision of what we're trying to get done each week. So it's been a lot of fun watching the guys learn that too. There's a lot of things I want to get to, but first, you've been here for a very long time. Did you expect Kennesaw State to be where they are at this point? I knew that our leadership was tremendous, and Coach Bohannon's plan when he started this program was everything moving toward winning uh, to being a championship program. And that was our goal from day one. That was the first meeting we ever had. So everything's been put in place to be successful here. Uh, the good thing is, is we got a good group of guys that play for us, that go to school here and do uh, work hard, play hard, and we've uh, had really good staffs, really good coaches come through here to help in- implement that plan. So I'm not surprised that we've had success that we've had. Uh, I just know that winning is contagious, and our guys go out each week expecting to win ball games. You came up actually as an offensive lineman playing in college for that school that we're not going to mention. We're not going to talk about them here, but talk about becoming a defensive coach because do you think that you're a better defensive coach learning you know coming from the offensive line well when I got into coaching I was just put on defense I just went to go get a job and that's where they put me and I've been learning ever since I do feel like I can give the guys a little bit of a, a, a picture of what the offensive linemen are looking for, what how they're going to set, what they're looking for in defensive linemen. So I do feel that uh, I can help the guys with that. I love being on defense. I love running the ball, tackling the ball. I never got to do that when I was in college. If I did, a bad thing was happening with an interception or a turnover. So uh, I've really enjoyed being on this side of the ball, and I've been around some really good defensive coaches in my career. Looking at the interior part of the defensive line, I mean, even when I was growing up playing football, it was the big guy in the middle. Now that's all changed. You have to be big, but you still have to be athletic. You still have to be able to move. Sometimes you still need to be the big guys, the defensive tackles, the nose tackles need to drop back and spy and things like that. So just talk about the progression of the defensive line from even when you used to line up against them to now some of the athletes you see. Well, I think defenses have changed because offenses have changed. When I first moved down here to Georgia and started at Georgia Tech uh, almost 15, 16 years ago, everybody was still had a fullback, was running the ball downhill, and then slowly over time I noticed that everything started changing. People started spreading the ball out. Tight ends were now being receivers instead of really big blockers. So you didn't have a need to have that gigantic human being in the middle that couldn't move. I still think people want big human beings in the middle but they got to be athletic. At our level here, we've found some success with finding some shorter guys, maybe some undersized guys, as they say, but they're really fast and quick and twitchy, and that's what we look for. And we move them enough to, to really um, you know, give offenses problems, and uh, I love my guys. I love how they play. They get after it. They're fast or twitchy, and uh, those are the guys that we like here. Defensive ends, I think a lot of people, when they watch football and they see the end result, it may be a sack. That doesn't necessarily mean it was a great play. The good result doesn't always mean the play was great. Maybe they blew containment and things like that. So just talk about some of the things that go into, especially the defensive ends game. They have a lot to process in a short amount of time. 
They do, especially with what we do here. They've got to be able to read that quarterback and see what he's doing and seeing if he's handing the ball off or he's keeping it. But the one thing that we do try to pride ourselves on is keeping the quarterback contained. And uh, sure, it's not perfect every week, but whether they're the ends or the inside guys, if we're running some games or stunts, we're always trying to get that quarterback to step up rather than out and uh, lose contain. One thing I talked to Andrew Butcher about was his move set, whether he's just a straight speed rush, bull rush, or he likes to swim and stunt move. Is that something that you try to teach players or they come in with a skill set and building on that also it's kind of like being a pitcher you can't just go with one move all the time offensive linemen are keen enough to know how to stop it you have to switch it up and change up the repertoire you know what's interesting when I first got on defense uh, I learned from coaches that you can teach a hundred moves but you really need to get good at one of them so we work an array of movement coach Zachary and I with the ends and the inside guys Uh, but we really let the kids or the players uh, focus on what they do best and really get great at it, and then maybe teach them a counter off of it. Uh, you know, you watch the great pass rushers in, in history, uh, there's usually something very signature with them with what they do, and that's what we just try to carry on here. To try and teach so much and teach a 100 different moves, then they're thinking too much when they get out there, and that's really, we want them to go play fast. We don't want them getting out there and trying to process everything. We want them to just go play fast and be reactive. A couple questions, because you're also the recruiting coordinator for the Owls, so just talk about for the listeners at home, what goes into that job? Well, it's a it's a year-round job. Uh, recruiting starts when when really when the prospects get in high school. For us here, we really start looking at them as they finish up their junior year. Uh, we we you know mail them stuff. We communicate with them all through the spring of their junior year, and then we try to evaluate them as we can throughout the summer. And then in the fall, we got to try to go out and see them play a little bit, and then really find the guys that we like. Uh, recruiting, doing recruiting and coaching, uh, doing it at the same time. Uh, the good thing is, we're, you know, we're able to manage it here. I got a great group of coaches that I work with, and if we need something done, everyone pitches in and gets it done. Uh, my prior role is just doing recruiting. I had a staff of students that could help. Uh, do all the little things, the mailings, the notes, and all that stuff here. The coaches chip in, and everyone uh, does their part. And you talked about how long you've been doing the recruiting aspect of it. Who's the best player that you've seen in your recruiting circles in the past leading into now? Uh, I've been very fortunate to be around some really good players. Uh, I can still remember Calvin Johnson's video when we first got it at uh, Georgia Tech when he was a junior, and uh he stood out. He was a man amongst boys when he was 15, 16 years old and couldn't have been a more humble, nice, competitive young man when we had him at Georgia Tech. So I, hands down, his film, there were some really good players there and some good films I've watched, but his film really stood out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach. You got it. Thank you. Nathan McCurry here with Kennesaw State offensive lineman junior Chris Dye. And Chris, uh, you transferred here from um, Holmes Community College, uh, grew up in Greenville, Mississippi. Um, talk about the, the experience of going to community college before coming to Kennesaw State. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a real trial. You know? And like, it's hard, like, it's hard going through that. And like, and I advise like all the young guys who ever go through it, like just keep your head up and just keep fighting and push through and you'll eventually come out and make it out. So did you always have a goal of playing Division One football? I did. What was your, who was your motivator um, in Mississippi, family-wise or coach-wise? Um, my mom. Yeah, what did she do? My mom, she pushed me. She always talked to me like every time I feel like giving up, she always be the one that I lean on and call on. And of course, God too. And um, so she was like the main motivator in my life. 
and she just helped me keep going and keep going every time. So Mississippi is not in the Kennesaw State pipeline, really, but how did you find out about Kennesaw State? Um, I was putting my highlight film on Twitter and like had like some of the Juco, Juco um, accounts on Twitter retweet them and stuff like that. And Coach Cook, he actually found me and like we had, we shared a few DMs and then I came up on the visit and just basically just fell in love with the place. So uh, big question mark coming into the season for, with the offensive line because you had a lot of uh, players leave. Uh, what did you feel like your role would be with this team coming in? Um, coming in, I feel like I had to step up and be a leader, and like I had to do it fast because, like, watching all the guys like Joe, Ryan, all of them, I had to like step up and just take after them after they left, and I knew I was going to be a big part of that. So I had to start preparing in the off season and stuff. Well, you have been a big part of it. The offensive line seems to be gelling really well. Uh, you put up 50 against Hampton. Um, just talk about this offense. Is it is it challenging? Is it fun? What do you think about being in a, in a spread option offense? It's, it's challenging sometimes, but it's also fun because once we get going, once we get the momentum, can nobody stop us. So you did have a change at quarterback. Uh, Daniel David goes down with an injury. Tommy Bryant steps in. Is that a transition for the offensive line? Um, not too much because we go through we go through practice and like they they rotate a lot. So once we once we, once Tommy came in, we was already comfortable with him. And of course, we missed Didi as well. But it's, you know, shows go on. <laughs> I like it. The show must go on. All right. Speaking of show, I'm gonna I'm gonna test your Greenville, Mississippi knowledge. All right. Who's your favorite Muppet? Muppet. Wow. You know the I Muppets. You may be too young to remember the Muppets. I, I think I am probably too young to okay. remember them. Do you know why I asked that question? I don't. Jim Henson, who created the Muppets, He's is from Greenville, Greenville Mississippi. Yeah, you you got to keep that in your back pocket, man. I knew that, but like it was, it just slipped my mind. I really wasn't thinking about it. Another guy that's from Greenville, Mississippi, that I have, I love, is Jimmy Giles, who was a tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the '70s. Did Did you ever play any other position? Um, I played D line. That's it. Just D line and offensive line. So, did you ever? Did, did you um, enjoy being on the offensive side, or did you enjoy being on the defensive side? Well, I liked them both, but like I was a little better. I was a little better on offense, so that's what I stuck with and just pushed myself and worked on and uh, perfect my craft on. All right, so let's talk about perfecting your craft. Um, being an offensive lineman, um, Coach Chestnut is the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. Talk about his coaching style and some things you've gotten from him and how you've grown. Well, I've, I've learned a lot from him, of course, and like I've learned to be more passionate about the sport and just to give all-out effort. And I learned like a lot of knowledge, like defensive-wise, and a, and a lot of stuff that I didn't know at first coming in. So you did pick up a big win against Hampton. Um, you've got your final regular season game here at home, uh, Gardner-Webb. What do you know about the uh, Gardner-Webb defense? Um, they're pretty athletic on the defensive side. And I know that, that they, they're going to be prepared for us. So I know that we got to go out and seize the opportunity and make the best of it. So being at your, the, the final home game for, of the season, um, do you guys emotionally prepare differently or you just, just go to work? We just go to work. All right, that's the way Kennesaw State does it. Chris Dye, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, this has been a presentation of HelloFresh. More Inside the Nest when we return. 
If you've been wondering what could solve your dinner dilemma or ever wanted to try out the concept of meal kit delivery, HelloFresh will be there during home games to talk about healthy eating and sustainability. Our brand ambassadors will have example menu cards for our typical recipes and also feature specialty diets such as keto, gluten-free, and vegan. If you've been wondering what the keto diet is or perhaps how meal kits help the environment, we've got all the answers. We'll have a special discount if you find the HelloFresh is right for you. Come learn about healthy eating with HelloFresh. Fans will have more reason to be excited at kickoff this season as Kennesaw State will host a free tailgate, live music, and a variety of food trucks for each game at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Prior to every home game, fans can get ready for game day with Owl Town, a free tailgate that begins three hours prior to kickoff. Located at the Owl's Nest, off Busby Drive, across from the Gold Lot, Owl Town provides a fun and festive atmosphere for all ages. Owl Town will feature live music, a variety of vendors, and there will be inflatable fun for kids. Get there early because thanks to JD's Barbecue, Owltown has free food to the first 200 fans. Alcohol, soft drinks, and water will be available for sale. Owltown closes 30 minutes prior to kickoff, but KSU is excited to announce the addition of food trucks inside Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Every home game fans can add local and unique flavors to their game day experience. Kennesaw State football, the gold standard. Inside handoff, Bronson breaks into the open left side. He's at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Bronson Recksteiner. Bronson takes it 40, and it's 20 to nothing, Kennesaw State. Inside the nest presented by HelloFresh. Brian Giffen, Nathan McCreary back with you. And, of course, it is the Owls and Gardner-Webb to wrap up the 2019 regular season. And certainly we hope it is not the last game of the 2019 season for Kennesaw State. The Owls' first ever Big South game came against Gardner-Webb. They did win that game by the slimmest of margins. And I know you probably recall it very well, Nathan. Nick Parada, yeah. an interception of Maxwell down here on the goal line as Gardner-Webb was perched and trying to win the game down there. But the Owls hung on and won that game. And they now seek to go 5-0 and against Gardner-Webb. It'll be the first opponent they will have gone 5-0 and against if they do get that done. And Gardner-Webb is a 3-8 and football team. But if you look back over the course of their season – a lot of close games, a lot of heartbreakers that got away from them. And I think one of the things that sets this Gardner-Webb team apart, Nathan, is they're always pretty stout on defense, is Gardner-Webb. But this year their offense is playing really well, too, and they've got some weapons on both sides of the ball. Well, this is a team that, that kind of shocked the country, beating North Carolina Central and picking up a win against Western Carolina on the road. They've put up some points, and you can kind of see the improvement in that squad. You cannot take this team lightly, and you can't take any – conference team lightly because some of your goals are they're still ahead of you and you just got to come in here and play your game it's kind of a you echo it every weekend but you still feel like Kennesaw State if you play your game do what you do a performance like you saw in Hampton I think you're running away with this one here are coach Bohannon's thoughts on the Gardner Webb fronts which are always such a big key they're always big they're always physical and here are coach's thoughts on that no doubt they got a lot of depth they got a kid Ramsur that's been there for a while he didn't play last year but he's back they do a nice job they got a lot of depth they got a lot of guys playing up front so we got to go control we can control and go get ready to play and you know we got to win some one-on-one battles throughout the game as well yeah so the owls and gardner webb coming your way from fifth third bank stadium as the owls wrap up on senior day the 2019 season regular season wise at home and then of course it's on to 
the playoff committee, and I'll tell you what, Nathan, I know for me, the FCS gets it so much more right than the FBS does in that, you know, you actually have a playoff field where, yeah, there is some committee, there is some voting, and I think there's probably some politicking involved. But at least with a 10-2 and record, you'd hope certainly the Owls would get an opportunity to get into the field. This is a team that's been in the top 15 in the country for 32 consecutive polls. Well, and you think that the 10 wins is significant. It's not only just significant for Kennesaw State. It's only it will be the first time two teams have won ten wins if Monmouth and Kennesaw State yeah. pick up wins. So ten is a big number to win. You had an FBS opponent, you kind of slipped against Monmouth. This team has still got some quality wins, have played quality football. Like you said, they're back in the top ten. Now they've been there for however thirty some weeks. So you gotta think that Kennesaw State would get a at-large bid into the playoffs and be a very dangerous team. I have not been a guy who listens to much of the white noise that's out there in the age we live in, but this week, I think just after the game against Hampton, just to kind of get a sense of what people are saying and what the feeling is around FCS football, I did look into some of that, and it amazes me how many of these People that are associated with other programs want to take shots at a team they've never played, yeah. never seen, that has done almost nothing but win, that is 46-14 and 14 through 60 games. Yes, of course you're going to have some lopsided games. You can't control the fact that your conference right now is in a transitional phase and some of the teams are kind of still finding themselves a little bit. The fact of the matter is you're 2-0 and against Jacksonville State. You're 5-2 and against the SoCon. You're 1-1 and against Missouri Valley Conference teams. You've been to the quarterfinals and you hung in there and were at the 15-yard line with a chance to go ahead at yeah. Sam Houston State in the quarterfinals two years ago. Last year, yeah, you fall behind to South Dakota State here, but you get it to 20-17, to and you're one stop away with all the momentum with a driving rainstorm from perhaps going down and winning that game. I don't know what at this juncture else you have to do. These players and this coaching staff can't control the fact that Furman, who was on the schedule this year, kicked the can down the road to 2023, and Duquesne flat out bought their way off the schedule. This happened back in the spring. So you have two NAIA teams on there. You can't control that. You've got to have opponents. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like politics. You're always going to have the opponent kind of pointing the finger and saying, oh, this is the way it is, and, oh, that's that's not a quality win, or, oh, that's a cupcake schedule or whatever. We'll do the same thing to the, to the opponent sometimes. But just when it comes down to facts and brass taxes – You've got a very, very good Kennesaw State football team that within four years was dominating its conference, was making huge noise nationally, not only with Plank because of the the, uh, record-setting turnovers, with Chandler Burks, who had 59 rushing touchdowns last year. You had a defensive player win the Jerry Rice Award. Nationally, (laughs) this team has made some noise. And look, we've played opponents who have a 100-year history in football, and they've never sniffed the playoffs. And I think thereby comes some of what I am starting to term as KSU envy a little bit. right. So here's the other thing. I mean, in your history, you look at some of the games against some of these powerhouses, and that's no disrespect. The Owls have won at Furman and did so convincingly, by the no, way. Oh, that was a blowout. And did so at Duquesne, yeah. a perennial contender in the Northeast Conference. No slight to either one of those programs. The Owls won at Montana State. In the snow. You know? And I there, mean, yeah, that so was an unbelievable It's victory. just one of those... 
They've beaten Wofford. We mentioned Jacksonville State. They've beaten Sanford. This is not all games against Point and Reinhardt here. Well, look, you have I, a track record in place that you've not only dominated your conference, but you've beaten a lot of really quality head-to-head opponents. They're going to point to those NAIA opponents. They're going to point to Edward Waters. They're no going to say intended on the point. Right? That's true. Yes, you know that's just the way it's going to be. And you know what? I mean, we've even talked about it. The schedule will get much tougher. Of course, it always will. These schedules are made five years, ten years in advance, and you're a five-year program about to be. And so now some of these games are going to start opening up. You're going to have a Georgia Tech, which which I wouldn't be surprised if they try and buy out because that was <laughs> made under Paul Johnson. Yeah. And Collins is Coach Collins is really struggling there at Georgia Tech. He does not want to see a Kennesaw State team come out, go into Bobby Dodd and beat them. So uh, it's going to be it's going the schedule's going to be tougher but you know what when you're winning and you're beating people convincingly it does make it more difficult to schedule these games. We've even heard coaches say it's a lose-lose for us if we're yeah. expected to for Kent State. You know, I, I really appreciate the fact that Kent State's willing to host Kennesaw State for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> we're, you know, you go up there get a chance to go up there again next year. That for Kent State is a lose-lose. If you lose the game, yeah. you should have beat an FCS team. If you win, well it's just an FCS team. You don't really get any accolades for it you know and Kennesaw State needs those games needs those opponents and we'll see how it plays out my understanding is that the schedule is going to get much tougher over the next five years well and you are going to have Furman again at some point yeah. you do have home and homes and with Wofford coming up yeah and I mean good that's what this program right. needs it's just one of those and I think you you said it well when you said these programs that have been around a long time there's a little bit of an envy factor there I mean look at when you played Presbyterian it was their 160 seventh year of football it's your fifth (laughs) and they've never been to the heights and or levels that Kennesaw State got to in only their third year of existence and has essentially stayed at the entire time since then I just think it's one of those where it's the age we live in to a degree and there's some resentment there one guy that covers FCS football that is a big fan of Citadel no disrespect to the Citadel but I would put this Owls team up against the Citadel any day of the year oh no doubt no doubt you beat Georgia Tech on a down year Congratulations. It's a yeah. big pick. You'd never beaten a No uh, doubt F- about FBS it. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Happy I mean, we're for rooting him. for him Absolutely. in this booth. Absolutely. We want to see these FCS teams knock off some FBS opponents because we know the quality of football that doesn't get the attention that it should. Now, as you get into the playoffs, Kennesaw State's going to have to hold their own. You've made it to the quarterfinal twice. You will have a first-round game, likely second-round game. And if you can make it to that third-round game, you're talking about playing for a national championship appearance if you can win that third game. And likely it goes through Fargo, which I think, you know, James James Madison, Madison, one of those two. I think you pick up a win there. Those comments are going to start to dissipate, but there are always going to be naysayers. You know that. You saw it throughout your entire career. There always will be naysayers. We will point the finger. They'll point the finger at us, and we'll have fun with it. Here are Coach Bohannon's thoughts on the Owls' chances with a win to get into the playoff field and how he feels about it. You go take care of business. You're a 10-2 football team. I mean, that in itself is hard to do. Yeah. You know, you got a 10-win season with a proven playoff track record of winning playoff games. You know, as I told our kids, I mean, I'm not on the committee, but you'd be hard-pressed not to give this group an opportunity to play another game. And I feel that. I'm confident in that. The bottom line is we got to go take care of business on our end. All right, Coach feels pretty strongly, obviously, for his team, that that's the way he wants to send them out. And, of course, any coach would feel that way about his team. It's the Owls and Gardner-Webb coming up here on Saturday. It's the final home game of the regular season 
what happens the next day and beyond, we will find out on Sunday, and we hope that there's more Owls football on the field after this game. Nathan, of course, we hadn't touched on it yet in this podcast, but senior day, 13 more guys will be saying goodbye, at least in terms of home games. And those 13, Kevin Ficklin, who what a great season Kevin Ficklin has had. He's kind of been in the shadow of other guys in the past few years. Dorian Walker, who transferred here from Georgia Tech, really became a leader in the secondary B.J. Bobby moves on. Levante Larry, who's had a very good year for the Owls. Desmond Johnson, what a career Desmond Johnson Jr. has had here, and we hope there's plenty more for him this year. Tanner Jones, the inventor of the plank, and even though he moves on, you know the plank is going to stay here. T.J. Reed, another guy that's been such a valuable piece on the offensive side for the Owls. Monty Jones, Kyle Aerosmith, who's been here, of course, for the five years with the redshirt year. Daniel David, banged up. Andrew Butcher, who was banged up, has played such a key role in the pass rush. Bronson Recksteiner, what a breakout year for him. And, of course, Troy Henderson, who's been solid, but unfortunately missed last year with a season-ending injury transfer from Syracuse. Still a guy who's had an impact here at Kennesaw State. And you're always a little emotional on senior day. I don't know if we could top last year with the OGs moving on. But still, a very valuable class and a lot of guys who've had a big impact on all that success we were just talking about. Well, that's it. That They are the foundation of Kennesaw State football. And uh, to see them go on, and you know, we, we saw a Bronson Recksteiner um, get nicked up and not have the career he thought he was going to have. It's so nice to see him have these breakout runs this year. He's been on ESPN. He's He's got a chance to have these just moments where he's just dominating the football field, and he's going to take that away, and, and uh, who knows what he's going to do in the future. I, I think professional wrestling is, is likely in his future yeah. because of his family. Look. These guys are the foundation of the Owls. Des Johnson, they're going to be missed. They're going to have to be replaced. Blake Harrell came into a great situation with the the leadership that he had on that defense, like yep. a Dorian Walker and Des and and uh, Troy Henderson brought the the leadership to the to the uh, team. The defense we thought was going to be the strong point, and it has been this year for Kennesaw State. So it, it, you do look forward to sending those guys off with a deep playoff run and hopefully a national championship if you can but it's also fun to see the recruiting and, and who's going to come in and replace him we saw that last year and we're knowing it was going to be Daniel David's year and now it's going to be Tommy Bryant's year yep. and we're seeing great things out of Antavius Greer it's always a cycle and you did Butler football for a long time yeah yeah 11 years got, yeah I got a chance to see those guys come and go and and uh you know I, I'm just looking forward to the senior celebration and then what comes next because I think this program is going to be a perennial winner for, for the uh, OWL community. Yeah, and a lot of the things I've read while I've done that research and just snooping around online this week, there are a lot of people who think this is going to be a program to reckon with for a long, long time. There's no indication based on the recruiting or anything else that would tell you otherwise. That'll about wrap this episode of Inside the Nest. Had to get into a little bit of a rant there because that committee will be meeting. We will have a podcast next week either way, but we hope that it's one getting prepared for a playoff opponent, be it here, be it on the road. And I think this team will be willing to go and play anywhere against anybody. No doubt. And we will certainly find out Sunday. But it all starts with getting that 10th win of the year against Gardner-Webb here on Senior Day on Saturday. Reminder on air times, 1.30 pregame show, 2 o'clock kickoff, and the frequencies and amplitudes, 106.3 on the FM dial, 12.30 on the AM dial. Tune in app, 
if you want to listen on your phone or wfom.radio.net. Thanks again to all of our guests and Brandon Joseph. Thanks, Nathan. It's always great to get together with you, and we will look forward to having all of you with us on Saturday as the Owls take on the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. One more reminder, Inside the Nest is brought to you by HelloFresh, and we will talk to you Saturday, everybody. Go Owls! Thank you for listening to Inside the Nest, and tune in all season long for insights and analysis on your 2019 Owls. Inside the Nest is a production of Kennesaw State Athletics, Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment, and HelloFresh.